You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's OBEHAVE with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces. They're perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Do you think that doing one single act of compassion won't make a difference? Well, our special guest today will convince you otherwise, especially for pets. She's on a campaign for one person, one pet, one purpose. And yes, she's made you laugh in the movies like The Ugly Truth, and she's done some double duty as a star and producer of Life As We Know It. But she's here today to inspire all you listeners with a can-do call to action to better the lives of pets. I want you all to please give pause and applause to Emmy Award winner and Oscar-nominated actress, Katherine Heigl. Hey! Hi, I love you. I love that you just introduced me as Oscar-nominated. That's fantastic. However, I'm going to nominate. I am clairvoyant. Did you know that? <laughs> I think it was Golden Globe, right? Maybe I can't remember, but you're, you're a star, girl. Yeah, you're a star. Well, you know, <laughs> all these Emmy Awards and buzz aside, to me, I think your biggest starring role is truly being a best friend to pets. And that's why you're here on the show, and we want to get right into, and I want you to please unleash the great news about the new campaign you and your mother have unleashed. I guess it's called Just One Pet. It is. It's called, the campaign is called, well, the product is called Just One. And what uh, my mother, Nancy, and I did was about a year ago decided we wanted to come up with a line of products for animals that would help us fund the foundation. We started my brother's name, I think about three years ago, that is an animal advocacy foundation. And when we had become aware of, that there was such a pet overpopulation problem and that there were so many healthy, adoptable companion pets being put down in the shelters just because there's not enough room. We started trying to fund programs that would help, that would alleviate this somehow. And so we started funding spay and neuter programs and transport programs and education programs. And they're starting to work. It's actually starting to sort of make a difference. And we felt like we needed more funding because we're kind of running out of funds. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. We needed some help. And we, and we know, you know, I think it's 62% of all American households have pets. And so we know there's a huge majority of people out there who care and love their animals. And if made aware like we were, that there are a lot of other animals out there that are homeless and in need would want to help, would want to be part of the solution and we came up with the concept for just one because just like you said the idea is you know just one person does one small act of kindness that's when change can happen and we felt like okay if we develop this this pet collar that is not only you know good looking and people will like it fashion wise but that is durable and has this great quality to it that it's completely cleanable which is you have pets, you know, it's really annoying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, their collars just get so grungy and disgusting. So it has all these sort of great features, but the best part of it is that proceeds from the purchase will go towards funding these programs and helping homeless pets and solving a problem that is actually solvable. 
I have a Husky Golden Retriever. Can you say, mush, mush? So I think this collar would be a good one because I'm looking at it. It supports up to 300 pounds. That's a lot of pulling, you know? And it's very stylish, and I think it'll make a difference. I love the picture with you and that dog with the collar. And it's easy, listeners. It's just the number one and the word pet.com. You made it simple, Catherine. Yeah, we tried to make it really simple (laughs) so that everyone could really easily find it. And it is, you know, something that we're just, it's been a really fascinating process to be a part of developing this. And, you know, we worked with a great marketing team and a great promotional team to just develop something everyone felt passionate about. And, you know, I have no idea. I don't know (laughs) what consumers are looking for or what people really want. I just know what I wanted and I know what I thought would look great on my dogs and, you know, and so everyone has worked so hard to sort of create the best product we could so that we could stand behind it and, and be proud of it. And they just came in the other day and uh, the marketing team brought them over and it was the most thrilling moment. It was so rewarding. And I just put them on all my dogs and I'm like, this is fantastic. We're here. We're, we're about to be, you know, doing what we set out to do. It's really exciting. Well, it's definitely a family affair. When I went on your site, I'm not going to scare you by singing, but your (laughs) husband, Josh Kelly, what a powerful song, the Just One theme song. And the one line I got to tell you that I really like when he says, when you have everything to give and everything to live for, tomorrow's begun, change is bound to come. And when it's all said and done, all it takes is one. Wow. I got like my hair's up on my arms. It's a good Great. I'm going to tell him you said so. Yeah. He's like, I mean, Josh is probably one of the, the sort of greatest guys out there. And my mother came to him and just said, could you write us a song? You know, because Josh is a brilliant songwriter and he's a beautiful singer. And he has a sort of unparalleled voice. And he was, you know, the perfect guy to do this for us. And and not only because he's so willing to help, but because he understands from the years of us talking about this and being so passionate about it, sort of what the message is, what we're trying to say, what we're trying to do. And, you know, he really nailed it with that song. It's it's really well, powerful. With your permission, we'll definitely put that link on the, the website so that we oh, can uh, get yeah. people all singing it. Okay. That would be great. And, absolutely. you know, this is kind of a scary stat, Catherine. You want to help with the portions of the purchases to stop the killing of more than 10,000 pets each day. Each day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's horrifying. And I just, again, I just don't think people are, I think if people knew, they would want to help. They would want to do what they could to help. And I think that the numbers are staggering. And it's not just a small problem at this point. But I, my mother and I feel really strongly that it's a solvable one, you know, mm-hmm. and especially we have a quote on our foundation website that is basically, and that is how change happens. One gesture, one person, one moment at a time. And that's from... Libba Bray, the sweet far thing. It's just a great quote because it's exactly our message is it doesn't take millions and millions of dollars. It doesn't take millions and millions of hours. It just takes one person to make one gesture. And if that gesture can be to purchase a collar that they're getting something out of that works for them and works for their pet and the proceeds can help save one other pet somewhere, you know, that's one pet save that matters it makes a difference and if everyone felt that way we could solve this this whole problem i salute you for that so let's uh, bring up our listeners to speed on your furry bunch at your home i know <laughs> we started about talking about your very beloved romeo <laughs> he is he's wandering around he likes to pace these days he's 17 and that is really he's like 110 
in human years. <laughs> is he making so Betty he White need to show a ID to go to a bar now? Is he? Is he <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, okay. pretty up there. And um, at this point, he is, you know, almost blind and deaf and sort of, you know, a bit of dementia has set in. But he looks for me everywhere, you know, so I know this dog still takes comfort in my presence and, and mine, of, I, of course, in his. And he's been, you know, with me for all the, the major milestones in my adult life. So I uh, am very grateful to have had this friend in my life for as long as I've had him. How did you come to get Romeo? What was it? Because many miniature schnauzers are, they're not very quiet. <laughs> no, ma'am, they're not. <laughs> um, I don't know. My mom rescued a, sh- a miniature schnauzer when we lived in Connecticut and I was in high school. And then we all just sort of fell in love with the breed. And when I first moved to L.A., I didn't know anybody. I was uh, My mom and I had moved out there together, so we just kind of had each other, but I didn't have any friends. I didn't know anyone, and I wanted a dog, and so I found a breeder out near San Diego, and I purchased Romeo from him, and, you know, as much as I discourage people from, from sort of doing that at this point, because we do have such a overpopulation problem in the shelters, and you can pretty much find any breed you want and rescue yeah. it. You don't have to purchase I'll never, I'll never regret that decision because I love this dog so much and he has loved me so much and been a great, great friend. And, and then from there, I got another Minster Schnauzer because, again, obviously, I really like the breed. <laughs> yes. And then I started rescuing because that's when I started, I guess, realizing. You know, I was walking down the street in my neighborhood uh, about 10 years ago and there was a woman with these two beautiful black shepherd chow mixes that had been rescued from a backyard where they'd been chained up with no food and water. And I mean, I just fell in love with this dog and, and she was my third dog. Is this <laughs> Tambor? I held out of control. <laughs> is this is tam- Piper. Is it, how old is Piper? Piper is, I think Piper is about 10 years old now. Okay. And then I uh, rescued a dog that I had to put down last October. He was nine when I rescued him and a big dog, 116 pounds. He was a shepherd collie mix named Mojo who was another just magnificent, wonderful, wonderful dog. And so when he, uh, when he passed, we wanted to rescue uh, Shepherd in his honor. Mm-hmm. And there's an energy to Shepherds, I think, that we just really missed in our home when, when Mojo passed. That one Shepherd became two. <laughs> See how <laughs> it happens. Husband, yeah, I talked my husband into two. So that's Tambor and Flora, his sister. And Tambor is the dog in the photo on our just one. Website. Oh, it's a beautiful. He's. I love the names. I mean, you didn't go with Fido and Fluffy. Good for you, Catherine. I <laughs> oh, I love. Like that's the fun part is you know getting to name the dog and trying to find a name that fits their personalities and getting to know them well enough to pick the right name. But Tambor was Josh's dog. You know, Josh picked Tambor okay. and named him, and then I picked Flora and named her. I have no idea why I chose Flora. I just thought it sounded kind I, of I like it. Now, are are we going to cool, see cool. them in any of your movies coming up? I mean, are they getting their own doggy agents or are they? No, what's ma'am. Your, they're not, all right. not well trained <laughs> enough for that. <laughs> I wish. The, I wish they were that trained. You know, you've been in a lot of great movies and you're producing now and television and all, but you're coming home in the door and you've got your beautiful daughter and your husband and then they've got this puppy posse coming away tell me what kind of uh, joy they give you what is it that just just makes you feel like you got your feet on the floor again I think that the beauty of, of these animals in my life has, has it's probably far more significant than even you know what I've meant to them they are unconditionally loving they're patient and compassionate and loyal and they don't they have no ego 
you know, they just, they have no real agenda except to love you. And, and even, you know, the sadness is when these animals love somebody who doesn't treat them well, but they still love them. That's, these animals are just unconditional in that way. And, you know, I would go to bed at night and pray that I would be more like them in these ways, you know, that I would be more patient and loyal and unconditionally loving towards, towards those in my life that, that, uh, deserve that. And, you know, I come home and I come home. No one is more excited to see me than the dogs. Like, <laughs> my kids are like, hey, mom, great to see you. One big hug. And then they're off to, like, you know, Nailey's off to watch SpongeBob and whatever. But the it's tough to compete with SpongeBob, don't you think? But yeah, I think they're like, yeah. <laughs> Well, your mom, too. I mean, we do want to do a special salute to your brother. I mean, he kind of inspired you and your mother, Nancy. And it sounded like he was a remarkable young man whose life was just, it was just ended too short. But what an inspiration that you're doing to keep his legacy alive. Yeah, I think that that was, you know, really important to to my mother for obvious reasons and to me as well. And, you know, my brother was just egoless and agendaless. He was just a really good, good kid and cared so much about the voiceless and the innocent and that was children and animals that he just really cared and really couldn't stand for you know the indignities put upon them and my mother just felt you know when we started developing the foundation that she wanted to do something to honor to honor Jason and to give him a legacy because he didn't live long enough to give himself one so that was kind of the idea behind you know naming it in his honor and it is an inspiration to us every day, you know, that we're doing this not only for the animals, but we're also doing it to honor somebody who who didn't have the opportunity to, to really live his life. But you grew up in a pet household, right? Back in, uh, you were out in Connecticut, oh, yeah. I believe. Okay, so what kind of critters yeah. did you guys grow up with? We had a black lab that when I was born, Ben, his name was Ben Davis. He was there from the moment I was born until I was 16 years old. Wow. And we had this crazy mutt named Piper, or not Piper, I'm sorry, Pippin. I don't know why my dad named the dogs after apples. That's what he was doing there. And, <laughs> and then we had like it, yeah. Cat Shadow and Kitty. Yep. And then we had, you know, we had like parakeets and hamsters and lizards and I think at one point a rat. That wasn't mine. That was my brother's. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we always had a lot of animals. Well, you're now with your daughter. How old is she now? Haley is four. She just turned four. Oh, happy birthday. And I love how you devised her name. Tell the listeners how you created her name. You see, you're good even with naming children. Look at that. Pets and children. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, well, I named her for my mother and sister. My mother's name is Nancy and my sister's middle name is Lee. So her given name is Nancy Lee Neun Kelly. It's very like the Queen of England or something. And then just because it got confusing calling her Nancy and I call my mother Nancy at times, we just shortened it to, or just combined it to Naley. I like it. Now, has she got the uh, compassion for pets uh, that's been in the family tree like you guys and as well as your husband, Josh? What's her, her take with pets? I think, you know, what I think about kids is that they're sort of are innately compassionate. They kind of just are born that way. They have it in them. And I think our job as parents is to foster and encourage that compassion and not discourage or stamp it out. And so, yeah, as soon as, you know, Naley was old enough to understand, we've been teaching her to treat the animals with respect and to be gentle with them and to be cautious because they're still animals. Right. Um, and we don't leave them alone with the kids and stuff because you just never, I really, these animals are so important to me. They're my family, but I would never want to put them or my kids at risk, you know. So you have to always be careful and cautious and aware, and we try to teach her that. And these dogs were pretty much her best friends for a long time. 
I didn't really have friends with kids, so she didn't have a lot of playmates, and she wasn't in school yet. And so right. she played with the dogs. She played tea party and dress up and everything. Oh, else with really? The dogs. <laughs> we have photos. It's hilarious. That's pretty cool to watch that as a mom. I bet you have some fun photos and videos of them with their tea party. We do. It's hilarious, and the dogs just look at you like, please please rescue me from this. <laughs> but, but they just lay there and take it because they are all, you know, and that's another wonderful thing about these dogs is they're so protective of the kids and they're so loving towards them. And that's something I find interesting too is, you know, when you bring, because we just had a baby, we have an eight-month-old now, Adelaide, and when we brought her into the house, you know, she was just five days old and it was kind of scary because she's such a tiny little thing and these are, some of them are big dogs. And so, you know, we wanted to, to make sure the dogs knew this is not a toy, this is not (laughs) another critter to chase or anything like that. So, you know, we spent a lot of time holding the baby and sitting near the dog so that they could smell her and stuff. And they've become so protective of her. If she cries, they come running. They just want to know, why is she crying? What have you done wrong? (laughs) So... This is a good point you could bring out to other moms because it does sadden me when I hear people say, well, we have to get rid of the pets now because we have a newborn, but you're living testament that you can make it work done the right way. Oh, of course. Of course. And we're the, you know, we're the adults here. They're the innocents. So it's our job to protect both, you know, to protect the innocents. And these animals can't speak for themselves and they, you know, they have their own natures and you want to obviously be sure that the animals and pets you have in your home are of sort of calm and people-friendly natures, but most dogs are unless they've been through something really traumatic or been trained to be aggressive, and, you know, you just have to be cautious and aware. It's our job to be diligent to protect, you know, our children and our pets, because if something were to happen and, you know, my animals were to do something, they're going to suffer too, because they're going to, you know, like how many stories have you heard about people whose dog got off a leash and attacked someone or bit someone that came running at them and it, it frightened them and then the dog gets put down because, you know. Um, well, I have a feeling in the Heigl household, there's a lot of love and kindness around and there's a lot of dogs with happy grins on their faces. I've always wanted to ask this, you, you look so beautiful, you know, on the runway and all this. How do you hide the dog hair when you're going to a big event and you've had to say goodbye <laughs> to one of your pups or something? What's a secret you can share with our listeners? Well, one, when I get the dress on, I try to avoid the dogs. Okay, Uh, good luck. (laughs) But if I can't avoid the dogs and they, you know, jump on me before I leave, there's those sticky rollies. You know, those things are a godsend. (laughs) And I just recently, up in Utah, I I wear, like, black leggings a lot. And and I look like, (laughs) if I run out to the store or something, I literally look like I'm sprouting fur. So sometimes you just have to, when I'm not in public and I'm not being photographed, I just embrace it. There's nothing I can do. Just covered in dog hair. Well, we're, we're speaking <laughs> with Catherine Heigl. This has been great. I want people to please go. This is an act where one single action can make a powerful difference. And Catherine and her mother, Nancy, have created the Just One pet.com site and it's all part of the jason heigl foundation.org and i am giving you pause and applause because we have a lot of guests on our shows but everything you've said has been for the kindness of others especially animals so i think that prayer you were doing every night it's taken hold Catherine. oh good well thank you and i really really am so grateful to be on the show and and to be able to talk about this to your big audience because the more people who get to be a part of it and hear the message the more we're, we're going to really make, really make a difference. And so thank you so much for having me. Is there anything on the site that you love the best? Any accessory that you You know use? what? I actually 
love the um, they have these really cool burnout shirts. I don't know why they call them burnout shirts, but okay. they're like really thin cotton material with a little hoodie and it's got the little just one logo that we're so proud of because we think it's so clever. <laughs> and they're just super comfortable. It's just it's my coziest, most, you know, hanging you know, out shirt. I'm making this announcement on the air. I'm getting one of those because I saw it too. Oh. You know, I know we yeah. who would know that Arden Moore and Catherine Heigl would have the same fashion sense. I mean, I know. <laughs> I, I'm sure it's going to be on page six. I can't, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I love those. I love those too. And before you go, we did ask, when we have special guests like you and like the Betty Whites, we ask if you would be so kind as to finish the show with one last message you want to give to our pet pals out there. <laughs> the message is that just one person can make a big difference in just one animal's life and that that matters and that they can take comfort in knowing that they've done something right for an innocent and voiceless being that needs that support. And the smallest things matter, even just donating a dollar or two to your local shelters or an old dog bed that you don't need anymore or buying just one collar and helping us fund programs that save animals' lives. Well so, done. I just gave you the Arden Academy Award for great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> hey, have a great time with your family, the two and four-leggers. And Thank I just you. am delighted you could be on this. But more importantly, we're going to do a lot of shout-out about the Just One Pet Campaign on Pet Life Radio, on my website, and more. And uh, you're doing a good job, awesome. Kathy. Thank you so much. All right, all you listeners, you've heard it straight from the mouth of Katherine Heigl. you got to check out the JustOnePet.com site. You can make a difference. One person, one pet, one purpose. So you guys check it out. But we've got another special guest on this show. So everybody, I want you to please sit and stay. We'll be right back after we take this commercial break. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet hey, everybody. I'm Rachel Ray, and you're listening to OB Hayes with Arden Moore on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper, and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now, back to OB Hayes. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the OB Hayes Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, 
Arden Moore. Next up, we have another person who is affiliated with the High Goal Foundation, and she is Jennifer Brent. She is the new executive director of the High Goal Foundation. And Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. I was checking out your bio. I was sniffing around the sites, and uh, you come from a pretty impressive background in helping pets. And I was hoping you could share with our listeners, you know, coming from Found Animals Foundation. Pets have been part of your life forever, right? <laughs> well, I started volunteering about 17 years ago in Irvine. And wow. really, really, that's where I started. I realized at that time the tremendous problem that there was with homeless pets. And 17 years ago, we were in a very different place than we are now in the United States. But even then, we were faced with a lot of challenges. And it opened my eyes to the fact that while my pets were being loved and coddled and completely spoiled, there were a lot of pets that didn't have those kind of advantages and that pets every day are being euthanized because they don't have good homes. So it really just sparked a passion in me, and I've been very fortunate to be able to continue with that throughout the rest of my career to this point. So are you a California girl? No, actually, I'm from North Carolina, and I came out here when I got married, so... Yeah. Okay. Well, we have many things in common. I just now I'm putting Irvine on the checklist because when I moved to California about 12 years ago, I temporarily lived in an apartment in Irvine before I, I bought a home in the San Diego area. But I know the Irvine area quite well and the shelter and all that. So we have Kevin Bacon, six degrees working here, Jennifer. <laughs> well, it's a great <laughs> facility. If anywhere will make you want to work with animals, that place will. They have a very, very well-run shelter there and, and they do everything that they possibly can to help find them home. What I like also about you is that you're there for all pets, even the ones that bark and purr. So on your background, uh, you did work in Downey, I guess, for the Cat Adoption Center? I did. Um, we developed that at when I was still at the Found Animals Foundation, and the Cat Adoption Center was built in an association to SIACA, which is the Southeast Area Animal Control Authority, and they have a huge homeless cat problem. We built the Cat Adoption Center there, and it was really to help bring attention to the cats. I think a lot of people, when they think of the shelter, they think of, you know, in the past, the shelter really developed as a pound, you know, to keep people right. safe and, and to protect them from rabies, and they don't think necessarily of going there to get a cat. Everybody has a neighbor who has kittens, right, in the springtime. So we developed the Cat Adoption Center to bring attention to them and the fact that they are in shelters and they do need homes. Um, And so it was really exciting. And I just recently got a cat. And so I am now full into the cat mode. (laughs) My dogs are not so happy about it, but the cat seems thrilled. (laughs) The cats are going, meowless, Jennifer. I have uh, a cat named... Uh, named Ziki, who was is a rescue, and uh, she was someone sadly had tried to skin her with a knife, and she got rescued oh by kind people. And she is now the only cat in the Pet Tech Pet First Aid program in the entire country. This cat will let you put a towel wrapper, check her pulse, do everything for to hell he meet turkey. And so she is going around the country with me as a, going from abused to ambassador cat. So I hope one day you get to meet Zeke. I'll, I'll have to send you some information. But she's hung out with Jackson Galaxy, you know, the one cat. Uh, yeah, that, Jackson, I know him personally. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's a bug yeah. of mine. He's been on the show and he said, Arden, this isn't a cat from hell. This is a cat from heaven. I said, well, I thought you might <laughs> deserve one. And then, and so he's, she's hung out with a lot of stars, but it hasn't gone to her, her head or anything. But mm-hmm. I think 
think it's important to do shout outs to cats too. How did you hook up with Nancy and Catherine Heigl? I mean, just were you sharing lattes together someday? Because Oh gosh, I wish. My life isn't nearly that glamorous. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was friends and had worked with Kathy Davis, who was the former executive director of the Heigl Foundation, when she was the interim general manager at Los Angeles Animal Services for the city of Los Angeles. And she had told me that she was going to be moving out of the area for family reasons. And I said, gosh, this seems like a great opportunity for me. I have loved working at the Found Animals Foundation and have nothing but great things to say about them and the Heigl Foundation would be really exciting so I was able to fill in right about three months after after Kathy had left and absolutely thrilled to be there just yesterday marked my one month anniversary um, and it's a really (laughs) so it's a really exciting place to be a lot of dynamic things going on and I'm absolutely excited to be a part of the transports that we're doing right now to bring animals from some of the highest euthanasia shelters in Los Angeles County to no-kill shelters. We've been working in the past since 2008, bringing transporting animals mainly by car, but this is some of the first ones we're doing by plane, and we're bringing them to the North Shore Animal League out in New York, where they, believe it or not, need chihuahuas and are finding them great homes. So we're absolutely tickled pink to be able to be a part of that organization's transport. Yeah, tell us a little bit about more about that, because years ago I was with Pet Airways, and we worked with the L.A. folks, and we were actually flying chihuahuas to Denver and big dogs to L.A., because it is kind of thing. It's a purse-my-ride attitude in L.A., but... A lot of people in other parts of the country want these little dogs, and we seem to have too many. Yeah, it's amazing. When you go into the shelter, there is a huge variety of animals. That being said, a lot of you'll see a lot of pit bulls and you'll see a lot of chihuahuas. And while it might seem here that we're inundated with chihuahuas if you go to a shelter, if you go to one on the East Coast or you go to one in the Pacific Northwest, you'll find that they don't have very many small dogs. So we're sort of doing a reallocation and being able to send some of those smaller dogs out to the East Coast where they can find loving homes in a week where they might spend months languishing in a shelter on the West Coast and might not actually find homes ever. So we have worked with the North Shore Animal Shelter, which is a really exciting no-kill facility in New York. And last week, we transported 63 dogs. And today, actually, after I get off the phone with you, I'm going to be heading down to the airport and packing the little backpacks and getting them on a red eye to take them another 30 dogs over to New York. We're really filling a hole that exists in the East Coast and at the same time helping to alleviate some of the overcrowding that's going on in Los Angeles and helping to find some of those animals' homes. Now, too bad you couldn't get on the plane and give the announcement, please, pets, put your tray tables in the upright position. Exactly. Well, we actually were very fortunate to be sponsored by Rachel Ray's Nutrish, and each of the dogs go with a little bag of Nutrish taped to their kennels. So just in case they have a long layover, they have a snack. <laughs> oh, yeah, Rachel's been on our show. I, I scared her at first because I said, oh, man, I have to talk to you about what I think about pit bulls. And there was like this dead air time. And she says, yes. <laughs> and I said, I have a name for pit bulls. And she said, yeah. I said, I call them meaty cheeks because when they grin, they have that big grin. I'm a big fan of pit. So all of a sudden you could just feel the air just let out of her belly. Yeah. <laughs> It's one of those things that if you're at the shelter enough and you meet, I mean, it really is the owner. I've seen nasty little Shih Tzus and (laughs) some of the most loving pit bulls or not very nice labs and really 
sweet mastiff, and it's just, it has to do with the reputation. They get a negative connotation, and unfortunately, you know, if you get a nip from a Laza, and you get a nip from a Pitbull, people interpret them yeah. in a very different way, but it all has to do with the owner. It all has to do, as well you know, how they're raised. Well, before we bid adieu, you are the new lady in charge of the Heigl Foundation for pets. Tell us how we can find out more about it and what's a wish you want to share for all the pets to get them off on the right paw for 2013. Oh, wow. Well, definitely visit our website. It's jasonheigelfoundation.org and you can also like us on Facebook and get updated on all the new information and certainly visit justonepets.com to check out our new line of leashes and collars. All of the proceeds go to help the foundation. And what I would wish for dogs and cats for 2013 is for them to be able to find owners that love them as much as the pets love the owners. Nice. I love that wish. That's a wish we all need to practice, listeners. And I want to, again, thank our special guest. We just spoke with Jennifer Brent and some actress named Katherine Heigl. I'm just teasing. You both have lived and walked the walk about being passionate for pets. Everybody dash over to justonepet.com and the jasonheigelfoundation.org and you'll find out more on how you can make a difference. One person, one pet, one purpose. And until next time, I have to say I want to give a shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. He deals with me each and every week. And my goal for 2013 is to practice the goodness that our pets give for us. And we've got to crack 1 million listeners. We've got over 800,000. So come on, folks, start telling your pet pals. So until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave. Coast to coast and around the world, it's all behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.